Hello, 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 and welcome to the Real Women Speaking Out podcast. I am Katina Davenport, your host from Lattes and Mama Tea's Boutique, where we sell inspirational t-shirts and mugs for women. You can shop online at lattesandmamas.com. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode three, and today we're going to be talking about a very sensitive topic, and it is in regards to infant mortality and maternal mortality, so stay tuned. So an article from New York Times is entitled, Why America's Black Mothers and Babies Are in a Life or Death Crisis. And the subtitle, the answer to the disparity in death rates has everything to do with the lived experience of being a black woman in America. This article was shared with me on Facebook and one of my friends shared this article. I started reading it and a host of memories started flooding my mind. I have three children and each pregnancy was definitely different. I was high risk with all three. And when I started reading the article, I started to see myself in the words of this article. And I was almost in tears. And there's something going on with the mothers in America, the black mothers in particular, in particularly, as opposed to, you know, the white mothers. I don't want to make this about race, but there is something going on. And the experiences of different women that I have spoke to, we are all saying the same thing. All of us are experiencing some kind of disparity in our healthcare as far as black African-American women. And we need to do something. This article poses the answer to that. And so there's a particular quote that I want to share because the article is extremely long and very detailed. And it tells a story about this mother and everything that she went through and her experiencing the death of her child and her own health. But here's the, the quote that really got me. A shocking idea. For black women in America, an inescapable atmosphere of societal and systemic racism can create a kind of toxic psychological stress resulting in conditions including hypertension and preeclampsia that lead directly to higher rates of infant and maternal death. And that societal racism is further expressed in a pervasive long-standing racial bias in healthcare, including the dismissal of legitimate concerns and symptoms that can help explain poor birth outcomes, even in the case of black women with the most advantages. So I want to speak from my own experience and what I've been through. So here's just a little bit of a backstory. When I got pregnant with my first child, I didn't know the ins and outs of pregnancy. And I really wish my family would have told me some of the complications that they went through. So I would know what to expect and what to look out for. There were several women in my family 
that experienced preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. I happened to have uh, preeclampsia during my first pregnancy. I knew to look out for that because my mother had it when she was pregnant with my little brother and she almost passed away and so did my brother during the birthing process. And she was off of work. She was on bed rest. There were a host of many things going on with her health. She had a black doctor and he was taking very good care of her. Yet still the problem persisted and nothing could have been done because her blood pressure was too high. But thank God she's still here and my brother is still here and things are fine now. But when it came to me, I knew what to look out for because she explained to me what happened to her. And she said, this is what can happen to you. So look out for these symptoms. When I was three months pregnant with my first daughter, I noticed that my right leg and my right foot began to swell. That was unusual. And I remember my mother telling me that when she discovered her pregnancy, she discovered her pregnancy through her noticing her body was swelling, her her legs were swelling and her feet. She just happened to look down and she said, oh man, my legs are, are really big. So let me go to the doc- to the doctor and they discovered that she was pregnant. So I told my doctor, I did have an African-American doctor. I was three months pregnant. I told her what was wrong with me. And it seemed like, oh, well, your body's trying to adjust. This is your first pregnancy. Nothing is wrong with you. Things don't happen like this. When you are three months pregnant, it'll progress. Or when you are further along, you can get preeclampsia, but not when you're three months pregnant. So I was concerned about what she said to me. I listened to her. I said, okay, well, she's the expert. So I am going to take what she said, internalize it and think about it and, you know, do what I have to do. She said, just, you know, stay off your feet and it'll go away. Yes, it went away, but I still began to not feel well. My stomach was hurting and Um, My head was hurting and this kept going on for two months. At five months pregnant, I was definitely diagnosed with preeclampsia. My heart, not my heart, but my blood pressure was slightly elevated. I was seeing floaties in my eyes. My head was hurting and I had a pain on my right side. She took me off of work immediately and... I I was on bed rest, complete bed rest. After that, my body did begin to swell. I began to turn black. And when I had my, uh, when I was pregnant with my second child and I explained this to the doctor, I, I explained my history. The new doctor I had said, well, something should have been done for you. I forget exactly what she said. But she told me that there were treatments and things that could have been done to help lower your blood pressure, even while you were pregnant. And I didn't receive those treatments, even though my doctor was African-American. And I'm not sure why that happened, but I was shocked to hear that information. So let me backtrack just a little bit. I did say that I wish my family had told me what to expect. 
what I meant was I wish they would have uh, told me what to expect in regards to is this hereditary is um, what they went through as far as preeclampsia and gestational diabetes. I wish they would have told me that sooner because I maybe would have said, okay, well, this is hereditary because my mom went through this and my aunties went through this. And this would have, could have been something, I don't know, could I have prevented this before it happened? Is this hereditary? Are, are these type of symptoms in African-American women during pregnancy, these complications, are? is this hereditary? I don't know if it is. And these studies have been done. I don't read the 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 medical journals, but it just had me thinking after they told me, oh yeah, I went through the same thing. And I'm like, wow. But uh, my last two pregnancies were uh, just, I had gestational diabetes. I had large children. They were, my, my son was 10 pounds, 11 ounces, and my daughter was 10 pounds and four ounces. So I had a C-section. My doctors were afraid to let me go forward and have the baby naturally, you know, induce labor and, and what have you. So I had them um, via C-section. Quite naturally, I was afraid of having a surgery while awake. The thought of that was daunting to me. And I was, I was like, I, I, I didn't want to have that. I really wanted to have my babies naturally. But, you know, for safety reasons, according to them, I needed to have a C-section. I knew the risks and um, I dealt with it. What began to uh, transpire after my last baby was born, I started to have fluid come out of my leg and I was concerned about blood clots because I know that happens a lot um, or there's a good chance for women to have that after they have a C-section and I was wondering what was going on. My leg was still swollen. It was, I recall it being my right leg. I told my doctor during one of my post-operative OBGYN appointments. And they were like, well, there's nothing that we can do here. You have to go to your primary care doctor. Now that upset me. I wanted them to do something about it because I felt like they caused it. They couldn't treat me and well, we don't know anything about this. But had I been pregnant and that happened to me, they would have been, you know, more than willing to help me. So I assume. But I feel like that they weren't willing to help me because I wasn't pregnant anymore. And I was very upset about that. And I believe that shouldn't have happened because what if it was something different? So Because I had the C-section, I did not go to my primary care doctor. And the reason why I didn't is because he told me I needed to stay off my feet. I was doing too much. I had two other children. I really didn't have a whole lot of help. Even though I had my mom, my mom's still living, my mother-in-law's still living. They had other things that they were doing. And there there wasn't anyone in place for me. I didn't have a doula. I didn't have the proper support that I should have had after I was, after I delivered my child and my husband had to go to work like within a week. So once I finished those appointments and once I got through those things, I was pretty much by myself for a little while. And 
I didn't go because I had, I started popping stitches, you know, in my scars. So I needed to heal. And those are the kind of things that happens to a lot of African-American women, according to this article in the New York Times, that they are not receiving the medical care that they should receive while they're pregnant and even afterwards. My own mortality started to come into question after my first child was delivered and my liver started to shut down. My blood pressure was super high. I was at the stroke level and they were concerned about me having seizures. And at this point, I was full-blown eclampsia right after I gave birth to my daughter. I was induced and I did have her naturally. But again, could this all have been avoided? And it just makes you wonder. So here is another quote from the New York Times article. High blood pressure and cardiovascular disease are two of the leading causes of maternal death, according to the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention. And hypertensive disorders in pregnancy, including preeclampsia, have been on the rise over the past two decades, increasing 72% from 1993 to 2014. A Department of Health and Human Services reported last year found that preeclampsia and eclampsia seizures that develop after preeclampsia are 60% more common in African-American women and more severe. And so it goes on to talk about this um, mother who complained about how she was feeling and she was feeling sick and the, the doctor really just didn't take the time to believe her. She was on Medicaid and as a result, the, the baby died. She was born, stillborn via C-section. So her next pregnancy, when she was, when she found out she was pregnant, of course, she was scared. She was fearful for her own life and for her baby's life. And she ended up finding a doula. And a doula is a person that will stick with you while you're pregnant, go through all of your appointments and help you through through the process. And she said her doula stuck with her, making sure that she was not stressed out. They did different activities, whether it was coloring, um, dancing, yoga, just all kinds of things to help her release that stress so that she wouldn't experience the hypertension and the preeclampsia that uh, she experienced beforehand. So that is proposed to be one of the solutions to help African-American women to not experience infant mortality and maternal mortality is to hire a doula. And I think it's a great idea. And I remember speaking to my husband about this idea. I said, hey, we need to have something more in place for women, more support for women who have children, even if they're married. And you should have the support from your husband. But there are different factors that go in with that. You know, there could be other children and you need more care as a, a, a postpartum mom who is going through 
probably depression as even if you have other children, you probably still have questions about, well, is my baby thriving? Am I um, breastfeeding right? Am I feeding my child right? Are they okay? And sleep deprivation, you need more sleep. You need more time. You need time to care for yourself, to bathe, to brush your teeth, to wash your hair, whatever it is. We need that as mothers. And we need that even one day after postpartum. We need something to help us release that stress. And so I am a strong proponent of having a doula or having someone, a midwife or somebody who can actually provide some type of support during and after labor. So here is why that idea can actually work. And this is from the article in the New York Times. A scientific examination of 26 studies of nearly 16,000 subjects first conducted in 2003 and updated last year by Cochrane, a nonprofit network of independent researchers found that pregnant women who received the continuous support that doulas provide were 39% less likely to have C-sections. In general, women with continuous support tended to have babies who were healthier at birth. Though empirical, Research has not yet linked doula support with decreased maternal and infant mortality. There are promising anecdotal reports. Last year, the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists released a statement noting that evidence suggests, in addition to regular nursing care, continuous one-to-one emotional support provided by support personnel such as a doula is associated with improved outcomes for women in labor. So definitely this is a a great thing for women to consider having um, when they are pregnant and getting ready to deliver their, their child. So I wanted to touch on that subject, on this subject, because this is something that I've spoken to my husband about and say, I said, that I wish I had something like this because maybe my outcomes in my postpartum, even depression or whatever, would have been different. Things would have been different for me and I would have had an easier time transitioning from being pregnant to postpartum. Um, Also, I want new moms, even moms that have children, to know that this type of support is available if they haven't already known about it. Maybe you can check with your insurance to see if something like that is covered because it's worth it and it's worth having that type of emotional support for the health of yourself and for the health of your baby. And I wanted to get the word out word out that this experience is definitely real and I've spoken to some some of my friends that are African-American women and they have experienced the same thing even Serena Williams she is a influential and affluential person she has experienced the disparity in medical care once they're pregnant and once a baby is born and she said that she had to fight literally literally fight to make sure 
that she received the care that she should have because she was experiencing a complication, a blood clot. So that is the episode for today. Are you a mom and you are experiencing any type of disparity in your medical care as a pregnant mom, a pregnant woman? Leave me a comment. I am this podcast will be on YouTube and on iTunes. So this is Katina Davenport with Lattes and Mama T's Boutique, where we sell inspirational t-shirts and mugs. And make sure you stop by our store at lattesandmamas.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For now, I will see you guys another time. Thank you so much for listening.